are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The title of our message today is Believer's Baptism. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Today, I believe you've got the, the scriptures in your bulletin. I told you, told you it was in there last week, but it wasn't. But uh, it will be from now on, I'm sure. Amen? But uh, it, was a, it was a great idea by our office administrator, Natalie, she, uh, she came up with that idea to put it in the, in the bullet, and then it sure, sure helps. Amen? So, uh, thank you, Natalie. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, I'll read first. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and... Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is known as the Great Commission. This is what Jesus commissioned his church to do. And down through the ages, down through the generations, generation after generation, we still practice what Jesus taught us to do. Today we focus on the meaning and the importance of baptism. Water baptism is a vital part of the Christian experience. Jesus speaks these words after his resurrection and just before he is about to be, to ascend into heaven, to be exalted on the right hand of God the Father, to a throne of power. And he says, all power has been given unto me. All power. Nothing excluded. All power and authority has been given to Jesus Christ. And do you know what? He has extended that power to his church. And where is his church? Right here. Right? Wherever there's a man and woman or a, or a group of people gathered together in his name, he's in the midst of them. That's his church. Born again believers. And so this is authority in heaven. Therefore, it will be involving heavenly blessings. Pardon for sin, regeneration, eternal life. And it's also authority on earth, it's power on earth. Therefore, it will bring blessings in the here and now. For you and I, today and tomorrow, as long as this world system in this way shall last, and even on into eternity. So first of all today, baptism is an ordinance of the church. 
It has deep spiritual meaning. It tells a story. It tells of the amazing grace of God and that I have received that into my life. It is a witness of a personal decision that I have made for Christ Jesus. Some of you, over the years, I have, at the end of my message, I have asked if there's anyone who wants to receive Jesus as their Savior to pray along with me. And I've asked the whole congregation to pray with me as we prayed. And during that time, some of you asked Jesus to come into your heart. You received him into your life. Baptism is making a confession that you have done that. It's telling people that just as you have been buried in water, you were buried with Christ, dead to your old ways. And when you come up out of that water, you're symbolizing what has already taken place in your life, that you're a new man, you're a new woman in Christ Jesus. Making disciples of all nations includes baptizing them. Jesus gave a new, a new, a new commandment to love one another, to love God and love one another. Amen? And commands are made to be obeyed, right? Especially when they come from God. It's not an option. Baptism is not an option. And you say, well, I've been baptized as a child. Well, did you know? Did you ask Jesus to come into your heart at that time? Baptism is meant for believers, and that's why I've entitled this message today, Believer's Baptism. Now, Jesus gave a commandment to love one another. And that's not an option. It's made to be, it's made to be obeyed. Those commands are made to be obeyed. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, and I don't have that in your notes, by the way, because when I start going over my notes and that from Tuesday on during the week, Things change a little bit. But uh, in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, John says that if you say you love God and you hate your brother or your sister, and that doesn't just mean your blood brother and blood sister, your spiritual brothers and sisters as well. John says we're liars. And Jesus said in, in John uh, 14, 15, St. John's Gospel, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So his commands are very important in our lives. And he has authority to commission his church to preach his gospel. And he said to make disciples... The gospel is spread by teaching the kingdom of heaven 
rest upon truth. The word of God is truth. And so everything that the Bible teaches is truth. And so we need that. And he says to baptize. Not merely is the truth to be preached. Jesus requires a confession of faith. He expects his people to be bound together in love and fellowship. You remember that when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were all with one accord in one place. There was unity amongst his followers, and he still wants that today. And to make disciples is teaching them to observe, to observe, to do all. Not just parts of it, not to pick and choose, but to do all that Jesus taught his disciples to do. In other words, it is all of the gospel, or what we call the full gospel, everything. We do not preach a dead or an absent Christ. He's alive. He's built, he, his abiding presence is with us until the end of the age. Time as we know it, as long as there is time as we know it, his presence will be with us. There's coming a day when time as we know it will be no more. And we know that his presence will be with us then. But he has been promising to be with us until the end. And we have the promise of his continued help and support. In verse 20, he said, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, secondly, baptism expresses union with Christ. Union with Christ in his death and his resurrection. You're joined with Christ in that. Now, Romans chapter 6, verses uh, three to four. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism unto death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Baptism is a picture of Christ's resurrection, death and resurrection. And we are joined with that death and resurrection. Everything that we are today is because Jesus died for our sins so that we could be righteous. We do not have any righteousness of our own, but the righteousness of Christ has been applied to our life when we said, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. And so baptism is saying, this is what I have done. Now, one of the most misunderstood ordinances of organized religion is baptism. Probably the most damaging belief is infant baptism. 
And many of us in this room have been baptized as an infant. But this act implies that baptism saves you. I don't know how many people that I've had conversation over the years with and ask them if they were a Christian and they say, yes, I'm a Christian. And the reason they give is because my mother and father had me baptized when I was a baby. A man named Ken Burks, a theologian, says this. The tragedy of infant baptism is that many people go through life thinking they are saved because they were baptized as infants. Water baptism is not the means of our being united to Christ. And that is why we don't baptize babies. We dedicate babies to the Lord. We don't baptize them. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we can't boast that we've, we're saved because we're baptized. Now, just as a wedding ring symbolizes a union between a husband and a wife. Listen to this now. Maybe this will help you. Faith unites us to Christ. But baptism symbolizes that union. The wedding vows join us together as husband and wife. The ring symbolizes that union. When you see this ring, you know I belong to Effie. I promise to be loyal to her and faithful to her as long as we both shall live. That's the symbol of our marriage. Now, we are the bride of Christ. That's what the Bible says. Okay? And baptism is the symbol of our marriage to Christ. It's the symbol of our dedication to him. We are united to him in his death and burial and resurrection. Baptism is a symbol of what has already taken place in my life. One day, I came to the altar, knelt down, and asked Jesus to be my Savior. I was nine years old when I did that. But I didn't last too long. Before I was doing all, I didn't have the teaching that some of you guys have. I wish that somebody had have told me, explained to me the grace of God and how eager he is to keep me in his fold and how eager he is to forgive me when I ask him to. I didn't understand that. So as a nine-year-old boy, When a crowd of my peers and few older than me decided they were going to strip me naked and throw me in the snowbank if I didn't curse. And I took God's name in vain for them. And I thought it's all over. 
Now I'm not a Christian anymore. I didn't know that I could say, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't have the courage to stand up for them. Sorry I didn't have the courage to stand up for you. And I thought it was all over. I was 14 years old before I came back to God. It lasted for about a year. I had a lot more baggage at 14 than I had at 9. And I backslid again. You say, you look at Pastor Hayward, man. He must have been born with a halo on his head. Not so. At 18, I came back to the Lord again. And I want you to know, when I do things, I do it with all my heart. When I served God, I served him with all my heart. And when I served the devil, I served him with all my heart. And every time I was getting wickeder and wickeder, if that's the right word. It'll pass in Newfoundland. I don't know about up here. <laughs> I was a bad dude when I wasn't serving God. And it wasn't until after I was married and I married a United Church girl. And I joined the United Church. I was born in Pentecost, but didn't want nothing to do with Pentecostal people. Became a member of the Orange Lodge Society, a secret society. Made all kinds of vows. And thought I had my life all planned out. And Effie goes and gives her heart to the Lord in a Pentecostal church, starts serving the Lord. And I drag my heels for a while, but thank God for a woman who said, I want to serve God. And she's as much responsible for me being where I'm at today as anyone else. Had a lot of people praying for me. We weren't serving God when we were married. And I know my dad often, he must have thought, what's the use of praying anymore? But God got a hold of our lives. And I remember after I was married, probably about two years or so, Again, I was being drawn to the world. And in the Sunday night service, the altar call was given, and I didn't move. And in a church of 1,500 people, the pastor left the platform and came right down to my seat, put his hand on my shoulder. Some of you might know him, Graham Noble. He said, son, this is your night. And I walked with him to the altar, and I said, Lord, 
If you ever see me doing this again, if you ever see me, Joel, going away from you like that, before I do it, would you take my life? I meant it with all my heart. And do you know something? If God held me to that, I'd be dead long ago. (laughs) That's the grace of God, my friends. You may say it's no good, it's no use, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses you from all sin. I think I got off on a rabbit trail there. But baptism is for believers. It's not to save you. It's because you are saved. It's a declaration of your faith. There is one condition to be met. You must be born again. That's all. Once you receive Jesus into your life, You can receive him into a church somewhere. You can receive him driving down the highway in your car. You can receive him in your own bedroom. Doesn't matter. But once you've decided to follow Jesus, then you need to follow him in baptism. The Bible says repent and be baptized. John chapter 3 verse 7 says, you must be born again. Acts chapter 2 38 says, repent and let every one of you be baptized. Romans 10 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's very clear. Water baptism Don't save you. It's because you are saved. Baptism dramatically portrays what happens spiritually when you receive Christ. Your old self, your old life of unbelief and rebellion and idolatry died. And a new you of faith and submission to Christ was born. That don't happen at baptism. That just, that's a declaration that it already has happened. Understand? You don't wash away your sins in the baptismal water. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen? Your spirit is born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Ephesians 2.1. It begins on the inside and works its way out. The day that you ask Christ to come into your heart, 
There's a whole lot of stuff that's not going to change for most people overnight. But as you begin to believe in him and read his word and understand some things, your life begins to change. And Some of the things that you really like doing and want to do right now, you find that, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Because you're a new creature now. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. So that's what you confess before God when you're baptized. Thirdly, baptism is immersion in water. The clearest evidence of this are found in the words of Romans chapter 6, uh, 3 and 4. We've already read that. But the word baptism in Greek means dip or immerse. There are other biblical proof for immersion as well. Acts chapter 8, verses 30, 36 to 38. We have the Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip, the evangelist, uh, goes alongside of him. He's on his way back to Ethiopia. And he's reading the scriptures from Isaiah. And Philip goes up to him. The spirit tells him to do it. He goes, approaches him. He said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I understand unless somebody teach me? So the Bible says that Philip got up into his chariot and they rode along and Philip began to explain the word of God to him. And then all of a sudden, he says, see, here is water. Say, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. They went down into the water. You don't have to go down into water to be sprinkled. John the Baptist, John chapter 2, verse 23. The Bible says, John the Baptist was baptizing, and the Bible says, now John was also baptizing in Aon near Salem because there was much water there. You don't need a lot of water to sprinkle. He was baptizing because there was much water there. And listen to this. Jesus was baptized by John in Matthew chapter 3, 16. Jesus, when he had been baptized, went up straightway, out of the water. Jesus went down into the water to be baptized. And in Mark chapter 1, speaking of the same thing, uh, in uh, chapter 1 verse 10, and straightway or immediately coming out, up out of the water, this is Jesus, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending up on him. They did it by immersing the new believer in water to signify his burial and resurrection with Jesus. Baptism, as Jesus instructed, he gave us the formula. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
we must be ever mindful of the Trinity of the Godhead. We believe in the Trinity. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. God the Father is a person. God the Son is a person. God the Holy Spirit is a person. They all have personality, but they operate as one. And all three together is God. We don't teach enough on these things. And people are beginning to forget it. And some people, some people, because they've been taught it now by others who we suppose know because they are theologians and they've had many years of studying the Bible, because they say it, we believe it rather than believing the Word of God. A little child out there in children's church can come in and teach us about the Trinity. Amen? Baptism, I want to repeat it. I can't say it enough times. Baptism is not salvation. You are not baptized to be born again. You are baptized because you are born again. It is a step of obedience. First, in Colossians uh, 2.9 tells us, For in him Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So I have no quarrel with those who use the name of Jesus only when they baptize. I want you to get this straight now. There are people who use the name of Jesus only, just baptize in the name of Jesus, and they have reasons for that. And, 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 you know, like, I know what they're reading, and I'll, I'll read some of the scriptures to you by and by, but uh, uh, I have no quarrel with it. But I'm still going to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit because that's what Jesus said, okay? And so I'm not going to presume to, well, there are other guys who said to baptize in the name of Jesus, then uh, uh, they, they meant something else, or they meant what Jesus said, but they're just including it. I know, I know all the things they say. So if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus in another church, and you come here, you don't have to be baptized again. Okay? I'm more concerned about salvation about someone knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, being used of God to be able to bring people into the family of God. And I will not argue with anybody over this topic. I know where I stand. This is what I preach, and this is what I teach. And uh, if you like it, great. Praise the Lord. If you don't like it and you can still worship with us, then praise the Lord. I love you as a brother, as a sister, and you're welcome here as long as you want to come. But I'm not going to change my doctrine because you see it differently. Are you satisfied with that? Amen. So, is water baptism necessary? And with this, I'm finishing. 
I got off on my rabbit trail, so I'm not going to be able to finish everything the way I, want, I intended to, but I believe it's the way the Lord wanted it to be. Amen? Amen. Jesus commanded it. Is it necessary? Jesus commanded it in the Great Commission. And we read it before. Let me read it once more. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, Peter preached it as well. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. For uh, uh, every one of you. For your sins, and you shall be shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now he says, in the name of Jesus, and this is where uh, people who baptize in the name of Jesus only they use this scripture because this is what this is what is recorded that Peter said. And I'm I'm not going to argue that any way, shape, or form. We're just going to leave that. That's in the scriptures. We don't have to twist the scriptures. We don't have to make explanation for anything that, that, we, that we see there. Okay. Um, there are no exceptions. Okay. Every one of you. So everyone needs to be baptized. Distinguishing the difference between John's baptism. In Acts chapter 19 verses 1 to 7. Let me just read that quickly. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some of the disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? When they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they would speak in tongues. And they, they said to him, they said to, 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 uh, to Paul, Paul, they said, uh, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They didn't know anything about that. And he said to them, then unto what baptism were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying that the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 11 in all. That's scripture record, folks. And anyone who tries to tell you differently, you need to ask them, how, do you, how can you explain that? And if they say, well, you know, that was for the early church. So we don't need that today. Who are we kidding? If you don't need the Holy Spirit today, this is a wicked, wicked age. The Bible talks about this age. People ever learning and never coming to the truth. People getting worse and worse until the end, not better and better. We need the precious Holy Spirit into our lives to guide us and to direct us. 
The reason baptism is not necessary for salvation is that we are justified by faith. Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One minute and I'm done. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, yes, baptism is necessary. To refuse baptism is disobedience and rebellion towards God. 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, To obey is better than sacrifice, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as, the, as iniquity and idolatry. Folks, if you get into the Word, you can find out exactly why you need to obey God. And baptism is obedience. I trust that the Holy Spirit will give you light in understanding on this matter today. Why not align yourself with the blessings of obedience? If you need to repent and confess of your sins today, why don't you do it now? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Next week, we will have baptismal service here. Baptismal tank will be set up. Then you'll be able to say, hey, there's water. There's water in that tank. What hinders me from being baptized? Amen? If the Lord has been speaking to your heart today, would you consider receiving him to your life? Jesus never gives up on us. We give up on him sometimes. We believe lies. And it causes us to fail and think there's no hope. But there is hope in Jesus. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.